And good evening, everybody. How's everyone doing on this fantastic Monday? Hello, Joel. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Awesome. Very, very good. Um, my name is Jeff Kelman of Solid Canine Training, and this is the wonderful Joel, and this is the What Would Jeff Do show. It's a Q&A show. We do every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't forget for all the members of the community, the Wake the Fuck Up with Jeff show is on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and to be a member of the community, which we'll talk about um, if you're not a member of it right now. Um, people will type their questions in of things they're struggling with. Joel will read them, and myself or Joel um, will answer them. Um, and what we're finding over and over and over again over the last 20 years, and obviously longer than that, but I wasn't in the industry, is that people are struggling with how stopping unwanted behaviors to the point where the amount of misinformation out there is astronomical. The amount of bad training out there is astronomical. The amount of false information from vets, behaviorists, trainers. You know, I'm really surprised about, mm. like, there's behaviorists, veterinary behaviorists that have their PhD. Like that's a lot of schooling, teacher doctorate. And, um, but I wouldn't let them hold the leash of a dog because they don't actually know anything about real world rehab or training. They just spew lots of psychobabble, which has no value mm. at all. It literally has no value. Like you're telling me things that I don't need to know about. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's sort of like someone saying, hey, I want to get a haircut. And then someone says, so tell me about your childhood. Like, they're not making small talk. They're trying to determine what haircut to give you. Right. You know? Um, or I'm looking for products to wash my hair. Mm, are you a middle child? Tell me about any abusive relationships you've had. Like, I just want shampoo. <laughs> That's all I want is shampoo. Like, why are you asking me these questions? Mm -hmm. And it's almost like this, they do the same thing in dog training where it's actually not that complicated. There is massive troubleshooting involved, but it's not as complicated as all these people with high degrees of learning are making it sound like. It's like, I know you have to pay off your loan and I know, you know, but you don't need to do all that stuff. It's not that difficult to get a dog to heal to get a dog to downstay, recall, to get a dog to have not have separation anxiety, to stop growling, to stop resource guarding, to stop jumping on people. Like all these things are relatively simple to do. Now you, you have to have a skill set, but you don't have to have a PhD skill set. And in fact, I would put someone that's been training dogs for like, I don't know, a year and does a good job up against any of these PhDs. So that's where the marketplace also gets confused because they go to these people who they think will solve their problems and they actually make it worse. Mm -hmm. They actually make it worse. And we can give some classic examples of like how to stop separation anxiety. And they're talking about like, you know, leave the room for five minutes, leave the room for 10 minutes, leave the room for, like that's the stupidest advice in the world. It's just impractical. Like how do you ever get up to six hours? Like you can't. And that's just inside the house. Now you want to get leave the house, you have to start it all over again. So it's really, really interesting. Anyway, let's just go. All right. Let's see. Shayster Jet says, I always rewatch. Love y'all. We Thank love you. you too. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Let's see. Snuggle Buns says, Hey, everyone. Hey, Snuggle, hey, Snuggle Buns. Buns. Lindsay, I taught my dog down with a remote, NCS, et cetera, and I've corrected him for breaking down. And now I'm trying to correct his whining with the remote. I think he's confused with that because when I try and correct the whining, he lays down and looks a bit confused. Do you think he's 
thinking I'm asking him to lay down instead of understanding I'm trying to stop the whining? Well, maybe. I don't know how exactly you train step by step. I'm not quite sure the skill set of you or what the dog knows, but whining can be challenging. So a lot of times when you try to stop whining, dogs will offer other behaviors because they like a calming behavior, right? Like a down or something. But you can also you start attaching the word "settle" to it, and the best way to do it is in the down. So if your dog is in the down and it whines, you can start addressing it there on low levels. Sometimes they will get up and spin around and readjust themselves. Sometimes they'll get up and go into a sit. If they were, if they, if they have freedom of movement, sometimes they will just walk away. So. Whining is really great to stop, like if a dog knows a really good solid place, good solid down, which I think your dog does, um, or understands like kennel kennel um, behavior. Whining is, that's, those are three good places to stop whining in. Um, it's possible your dog just doesn't know what you mean, but that's because the e-cower is a foreign language, but also words are a foreign language. Like you can tell your dog to sit, but if it was never taught sit, it's not going to sit. So it's not that it's on an e-cower that's confusing the dog. It's that this, the dog just doesn't understand what to do, which is confusing the dog. Next. Yeah, but if your timing's on point and you correct when the dog whines. They should connect the dots. Two two they should. They should. Some dogs don't. I mean, look at Cade. If you guys are watching our common command course, I mean, he's an intense dog with his whining. and He will offer a down and then he'll offer a double down. And then he's like, I'm still going to whine from a double down. So it's like, they, it's, it's a form of self soothing. So I don't think your dog thinks it's being corrected for not downing. I think he is just physically trying to get him into a more settled position is what we see historically. Um, because then once the dog is in a down, they're usually calmer. And then you can start working in those really low levels to start like fishing and addressing the whining even more. Um, Shay says, Hey everyone. Hey Shay. Um, the unknown says it's amazing how quickly a vet will recommend the newest meds. Thoughts? Well, that's what vets do. Unfortunately, I mean, there are great vets out there, trust me. Um, but unfortunately, Big Farm has got their hands into the vet industry that's so powerful that it's almost like um, holding a vet hostage or blackmail, um, where Vets will get information sheets on a med, but they probably most likely are not reading the research, no fault of theirs, and nor and, and they're just believing what's coming out from the pharmacies, the big farm companies, the the farm, the, the drug manufacturers. Um, so I think it's um, pretty unethical and unprofessional um, to do that. Next. Um, let's see. Snugglebun said saw a post going around that said, your reactive dog isn't giving you a hard time, it's having a hard time. Boy, do I beg to defer on that one. Um, well, it is having a hard time. It is giving you a hard time. I don't think intentionally it says, I'm going to fuck with my owner today. But, I, you know, all these slogans, it's like, what's that slogan supposed to mean? So is that slogan supposed to mean... It's having a hard time. Okay, fine. It's having a hard time. It's having a hard time staying calm when there's other dogs around. Okay, great. Wonderful. Okay. Wonderful. Put it on a fucking t-shirt. We'll sell a thousand of them and we'll have a thousand reactive dogs. Like, like, give me a solution. I don't care about your stupid slogan. I really don't. Give me a solution. 
I can come up with slogans all day long. I can come up with cute little memes all day long. And I can come up with like, like nonsense all day long if I wanted to. But give me a solution. Owners want solutions. They don't want catchphrases. Next. Judo Bumps says, love you guys. The Northeast misses you from Salem, Massachusetts. Hey, hey Judo Bumps. Well, we miss the people, but we don't miss the Northeast. So. I don't miss the weather, I guess, is the best way to put it. Mm, there's a lot up there I don't miss. Sam says, hi, Jeff and Joel. Rumble has been under cyber attacks most of the day today. So I'm glad that I'm able to watch you from Rumble. Great. Awesome. Yeah, probably because. Um, that's weird, cyber attack. Well, that's because Rumble is more. They can speak freely, and they don't like to. They, and and big tech does not like um, what they have to say because they're exposing the truth in a lot of different categories of the world. Next. Interesting. Um, Arik said, "What's the best thing to do for the owner who can't get collars on a puppy because of too much nipping?" Um, well, first of all, stop the nipping. It's not even so. It's not a collar conversation. It's a nipping conversation. Make yourself a bonker. A bonker is a rolled up towel. Yes, you can use it on an eight to ten week old dog. Obviously, you have to scale back the amount of um, power you put behind it. But if it, if a pup, we stop puppy biting in about one session usually. So you would say no, and then boom, bop the towel on the dog's head. If somebody wants to be like, oh, you're hitting your dog? Okay, fine, I'm hitting the dog with a towel. Okay, great. Now the dog stops its biting. Meanwhile, children are getting bit, dogs are being surrendered, owners are getting frustrated, people are, everyone's yelling at the dog, and meanwhile, a cotton towel could stop that in one session. That's all you have to do. Then you can also do collar protocols. Collar on, collar off. It's a clicker protocol. So collar on, dog... Sits there quietly, puts the collar on, click, reward. Collar off, click, reward. But you first stop the biting. So you stop the biting first, then you do your then you do your reward-based training. You're allowed to do that. Everyone's like, no, just teach the dog how to stand still. And I'm like, no, stop the unwanted behavior. So if somebody walks up to you and grabs your boobs, ladies, do you try to explain to them what the proper behavior is? Or first do you kick them in the nuts break their nose on the bar, and then you can have a conversation with them if you choose to. But you have to stop the unwanted behavior first. It's simple logic. Next. Uh, Milligan Valley Canines said, love in the community. If anyone is on the fence about joining, here is your sign to join. It's an awesome atmosphere to be a part of for dog trainers and dog owners alike. Right. Thank you. You won't be able to join the community. So the community is, we'll talk more about it. Um, it's not open for um, monthly members right now. It's open for yearly members. And um, starting in January, on January 1st, the price goes up to $100 a year and probably about $10 a month. Um, and the community is a wonderful, wonderful forum with live coaching, um, live Q&A, with um, all kinds of videos that are not seen anywhere else and most likely will not be seen anywhere else. Um, it's just wonderful. And it's a true community. People are actually meeting people to go to meetups yeah. um, for walks, for training, for lunch, for dinner. Um, it's not a dating site, but I mean, it's like, but it's, but I mean, it's, I mean, you never know. Maybe, maybe it'll turn into, I mean, you never know. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll have some divorces and some marriages come out of the community. Um, but I, but it's wonderful because there's no nonsense. Like nonsense is not allowed. We delete and ban nonsense people. Next. Alessandro says, what has worked best for you to balance work and life to stop the cycle of burning out? I don't believe there is such a thing as work-life balance. I think when you own your own business, there's no such thing. Um, I think that you should be prioritizing your relationships with your partner, with your children, and I think you should be work working on um, your personal health, that's mental and physical. But as far as like 
I guess we can call that balance, right? Um, but everyone also has different um, ideals what that would look like. What that would look like. Um, you know, you can take weekend trips and put your phone away. Take week-long trips and put your phone away. Um, I think that working on your relationships with yourself, with your kids, and with your um, partner, I think are very important. Next. Um, let's see. Now the Sable Shepherds have been loving your content regarding comma and command. Oh, thank, thank you, you so yeah. much. It's a huge issue, and it's a huge un- um, spoke, I mean, um, what's the word? People are not putting enough um, priority into it. People always want dogs to be flashy, drivey, all excited, um, always moving, always happy. Not to say that a calm dog is not happy, but people are not putting enough emphasis on just getting a dog to just chill out. And we have a Calm on Command course, which is on pre-sale right now. It'll be doubling the price soon. Um, and it's um, like 20 different videos of troubleshooting different situations. So it's not a how-to obedience course. It is a how to create calmness in a lot of different um, daily events of your dog. Next. Um, Kara said, I think it would be cool if y'all took callers question, took live callers questions on your show. Have you considered it? We already do that in the community. So the community does two. Um, we won't be, we'll, we'll not be doing it on this show at all. We can barely get through the questions as yeah. it is. Um, we have, um, you, number one, you can do an online council with me, which is live. It's hundred percent. You, you can do a 30 minute consult, a one hour consult. But if you joined our community, which is not expensive at all. It's less than $30 a month. Twice a month, Joelle and I are both on there for Zoom calls, which are which are voice-to-voice -voice and um, face-to-face. Face. Mm -hmm. So we already have that. It already it already exists. And we also do coaching. So we, are, we already have those. This is a free course. This is a free program, though. And unfortunately, we don't have the time um, to do that. We don't have the time to do that. But if you want access to us live, it is available. It's available. Next. Maria, hey, what can I do with my pet Doberman who's one year and a half barks at people who come near us? Okay. So the question is, how do you stop an unwanted behavior? So everybody should know how to apply a punisher to instill an inhibitor to stop an unwanted behavior. It's the cornerstone of dog training, believe it or not. So training what you want is important, but stopping what you don't want is even more important. Nobody's giving up a dog because it does a really good downstay. Um, they're giving up a dog because it is leash reactive. It's, it bites people, it um, has massive separation anxiety. Um, it's constantly breaking out of its kennel. Um, uh, so number one, I don't know what you're walking your dog on. I don't know if you understand how to properly apply a punisher to a dog, but say the dog has an e-cower on, which e-cowers are used for all the fun stuff, but they're also used as very effective um, punishers. And you would just say no or quiet. You pick a word, make sure you're consistent, and you don't have to yell at your dog. You just say it in a neutral tone and you activate the collar. If you don't know how to do that, we've got videos on that. You can also take a leash if you have a prong collar attached. Prong collar is a very effective training tool as well as a punisher, and you can give the dog a quick little leash pop. But then there's also more to it than that. So chances are your dog has got 20 to 25 identifiable unwanted behaviors that you'd want to work on as well. So when people say their dog is trained, I'm very rarely meeting a dog that's actually trained from a person that says they have a trained dog. So people are usually amazed that a dog can hold a downstay outside of a store, hold a downstay at an outdoor cafe. People are like, wow, your dog is so incredibly trained. I'm like, no, it's not. It's holding a downstay. It's not, I wouldn't consider that incredibly trained. I would consider that trained. 
that's all. Next. Lindsay, would it be okay if when you're healing the dog lies down when you stop? He was taught to sit, but lately he's been lying down. Would that be acceptable too? Check for medical issues. See if the hips are okay. See if the hind legs are okay. See if there's a pulled muscle. Um, if you don't say sit and the dog decides to down when you stop, I'm not um, we were, we're family pet dog trainers, so we're, this, we're not talking about competition. Um, I'm not overly concerned. Now, if you've got a pushy, snotty dog that likes to be a selective listener, I would absolutely pull that dog back into a sit. But if you've just got a, a dog that's like easygoing, maybe some, some of your older dogs, um, I don't mind if they down. I usually down my dogs when I stop. Anyway, just organically, you're at a farmer's market, you're looking at your vegetables, you're looking at your spices, whatever you're getting a smoothie, you stop, you know, to, to order it, to pay for it, and then to wait for it, dog's usually in a down anyway. But if you come to a stop and you say sit and the dog downs, well, that's now the dog's not listening to you. So that you have to correct. Next. Um, Sam Davis said, how does my wife train me to take out the garbage as often as I should? LOL. Bonker. Um, just withhold sex. That usually works for most men. I knew you were going to go there. Yep. Next. Joyful Canine. Um, did the doctor prescribe any meds for your heart? Do you take recommendations from the docs or have natural alternatives? That's really personal questions, Joyful. Next. Um, let's see. Heather says, exposing the truth about what? I don't even know what that's about. Um, I can talk about, I can talk about just about exposing the truth about a lot of stuff. You want to go all the way back to 9-11, I mean, or before that. Um, but we can talk about the um, uh, big farm and the grass big farm has right now on the medical industry, the pet industry. But as soon as it's going to cross over in, into the food industry, as soon as it's going to cross over into the uh, training industry. So big farm is going to be controlling a lot of the animal industry, if not taking it over completely. Um, and we're seeing that slowly, 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 slowly now um, as far as getting involved with legislation, putting money, billions of dollars behind legislation to ban tools, to ban training styles. It's not even about tools. It's also about training styles, like meaning your dog has to be a willing participant. That's been put up for legislation. You can't say no to your dog. That's been put up for legislation. So that that has nothing to do with tools. Your dog has to be a willing participant or else you can't train it. Like that has that's not a tool conversation. You know, that's like saying, your, you know, your kids, you, you can only have your, your teenagers do what they want to do. You can never ask them to do something or even make them to do something. Because everyone likes to humanize all this stuff. I will can humanize it all day long. Next. Julie says, hi, Jeff and Joel from Julie in Nebraska. Hey, hey Julie. Hey, how are you? How are you? Long time no see. Mm. Um, Shelby says, hey there. Love you guys. I have a seven-month-old puppy who I've had since he was a couple weeks old. He's an excellent and basic training, but he absolutely hates children. He's fine with any adult, but the minute a child is around, he nips and growls. I've done everything I know how know to do to correct the behavior, but it still keeps happening. I advocate for his boundaries, but would love for him to be able to get along with my daughter in the future. Is it caller time? I've bonked him since. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things you can do. And to, for me to throw out just a random piece of advice for a dog that doesn't like and nips at kids would be irresponsible for me to do. And you mentioned your child in the mix as well. You're going to, I would recommend you do a one-on-one -on -one online consult. And I can walk you through it step-by-step. -step. The bottom line is you need to find a punisher that gets the dog to stop the unwanted behavior. And there's always people out there that says, no, create a positive association with children. I'm like, 
and walk me through that step by step. Now, first, we have to stop the unwanted behavior, and I'll and I'll do it with my own kids. So, Angelo, we've done that with Angelo as the test subject, just to just to show that our training is working. So, if you won't do it with your own children afterwards, how reliable is it? Now, there are dogs out there that just don't like kids. They may never like kids, but can we get them to exist around kids? Yes, but then we have to also advocate for the dog, as you already mentioned that we can't have kids just running up to them and trying to pet them and hug them and, and even offer them food. It's a great way for a child to get their hand bit is by offering a dog food. Next. Kim said, good evening, Jeff and Joelle. Stranger dog danger thumper who will do the Linda Blair if a dog has passed him or behind him. We did a pack walk with Kristen from our community and after a soft intro from a distance, off we were. Hmm. Thumper never even turned his head when the dog was behind us. It was a great day for yes. all four of us. Both dogs at one point went to get a touch and sniff in the rear. Nice. I gently stopped it and just allowed the air sniff. Thought good. I'd save it for next time. What would Jeff do? Good. No, I think you're making great progress, it sounds like. That's great. Well, one of the things you can probably do, Kim, though, is you obviously are you're being really cautious. And, I, and I'm not saying cautious is bad at all. You're better off being cautious. But mm -hmm. this is not your first rodeo. Like, you've been working with this dog for a long time. You know Thumper really well. I would start getting... If you have a training partner that's, uh, that believes the same things you do as far as like dog training, I would start getting a little bit out of your comfort zone and use that opportunity for educational moments or success moments. Next. Sam says, I've always had my dogs kibble. I'm considering moving to raw. Any suggestions on how to best transition them from hmm. disease? Yeah. So there's a great um, ebook. If you go to solid canine training, solid canine training.com and you go to shop and then you, um, you'll, the first thing that pops up is an ebook. So you go, you go there, and um, uh, Thomas um, Sandberg is, wrote a really great book on raw, raw feeding, and he also touches a lot on supplements and minerals and things like that, and about preventive health and then post-diagnosis um, health. Um, and you can we, we went cold turkey. When we went from kibble to raw, which was a long time ago, I just would be like, okay, guys, you're, you're, eating, you're eating raw now. Same. I didn't yeah. transition my yeah. dogs. So. They did fine. Yep. Um, George says, Hey guys, my 16 week old puppy growls and bit two times my daughter when she approached the dog bed, which is in the kitchen. Could it be the development of resource guarding? Any tips on how to eliminate this behavior and why only with my daughter? Because you're, well, the, 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 the really smart question, the smart answer is because your dog thinks they can get away with it. That's the smart question. It's a smart answer. I'm sorry. That's why your dog does it. Because the dog thinks he can get away with it. But also, what's your? I'm not going to blame. I'm not blaming your daughter here. Your daughter here. But what is your daughter doing? Is the dog sleeping? Is the dog in a state of really rest and relaxation? Is your daughter walking up? Is your daughter daughter getting too much into the space? It's a four month old dog, correct? Sixteen weeks. They said mm -hmm. it's a four month old dog. Number one, have you applied a punisher? There's a couple of different things. Number one, what? What proactive training have you done? Like for with a four month old dog that we would have gotten at say eight weeks old, we have that dog almost off leash trained by now. Believe it or not. Now, would it be off leash trained around from chasing deer? Probably not. Um, could you do um, a three-hour downstay? Maybe not. But we have that dog understanding right from wrong. So number one, what does the dog know? And if you just say sit and paw and go to your bed, that's fine. That's a start, even though we don't we don't teach paw. Paw can be an annoying command to teach, so be careful what you wish for, especially if you don't put it on cue. Um, 
And if you don't know how to stop the dog from giving you its paw, when you don't want it to give its paw, just like any other command. Number two, um, if I'm at two, I might be at three. What what punisher have you established that is following the word no that actually makes your dog stop a behavior? So say your dog growled at your child and you said no and you applied a punisher, would your dog stop doing that? Would it learn from that? Would it make a better choice the following time? So again, this would be a one-on-one situation since there's a child involved. So any 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 time there's a child involved, I would want to speak to somebody because I wouldn't, not to say it would get worse, but it might not stop it because there's a lot of moving parts. So if you tell me, oh yeah, the dog is um, has free roam of the house, doesn't sleep in a crate, it can blow off my commands, we let it bark out the front window, um, it pulls us down the street. Um, it's like, okay, well, let's start with how to go in and out of a crate. So you would teach that dog, there's a proper way that we teach literally how to go in and out of a crate. And it's, it's, it's usually unspoken. Then once the dog was really good at that, we'd have your daughter actually do it. So now put your daughter in more of an authoritative position. Your daughter told your dog what to do. The dog had to do it. That's very unusual that dogs will listen to a child and then all of a sudden bite the child as well. So that's one small, one of 100 small things. Next. Um, let's see. Sid said Big Farm bought my vet clinic, unfortunately. Yeah, Big Farm will probably end up buying Ban. They're, they're buying a They'll lot, probably right? buy Banfield and VSA. Like that'll be their big ones. If they already don't. I feel like they already VSA did. is not a leg of big farm um so i'll have to do the research on that for me but they're going to own all the chain vet clinics yeah it's not like it's it's not like it's going to cost them that much money as a percentage of their yearly sales to now control the narrative that goes on like just think about this how does big farm sell dog drugs to pharmacies and online Literally. So if they can control the narrative, they can control their sales. And they're really good at using scare tactics. So they perfected this. Like, they've literally perfected this. Next. Um, Kim said, yep, this is the first time that both of us have found someone like-minded to work with. Awesome. We're very excited. Her dog is like Vader. Nice. Yeah, she has the corso that's a little Got bit Got nervous. Well, then watching that course, then uh, the, the fearful dog course, if she doesn't have it, would be... She, she's done it. She's done it, okay. She's doing great. Great, great. And she takes her dog everywhere, so... Great. Um, Joyful Canine said, sorry, personal. Um, the question was more so regarding Big Pharma. I don't trust them either. Got it. Next Constance, hey Constance, hey J&J, really enjoying the Common Command course. I learned something new with every course you release. Thanks for continuing to share your knowledge and wisdom with us. Yeah, you're oh, welcome. So that's it. the thing is like, right now it's on pre-sale for 157 Like if you picked up one helpful quote-unquote tip or training protocol, in my world it's worth it. It's my world that's worth it. If somebody, well, Joel and I are a couple. And we have really good communication. But if somebody, if we read a book together and there was one thing in that book that made our relationship better yeah, or helped us work through an issue, mm-hmm. $157 is nothing. I take so many courses. Is, is, is nothing. So like if there are, we have got hundreds of people that have bought every one of our courses, every one of our courses. 
They've done one-on-ones with us. They've gone to seminars with us. Like they've done coaching sessions with us. Like literally the same people. Um, and what we're finding is that even folks that we've never talked to before will all of a sudden just email us. We're talking about hundreds and hundreds of emails, not just like a one-off email. Um, uh, the, oh my gosh, my dog is off leash trained now and I stopped all of a sudden wanted to behaviors. I'm like, who are you? Mm-hmm. Who is this person? And it's like, you know, never spoke to you before and just wanted to say, you know, I catch a podcast once in a while, but I never ask questions. Yeah. And all of a sudden their dog is like totally different. Yeah. So to me, putting money behind education where you actually can learn something is just huge. Next. This course too, like if you guys are on and you're watching it, I'm really curious. Like, I want to know what like your big breakthroughs are because we've never put out a course like this before. And me and Courtney are being pretty straightforward with a lot of the stuff we with do. Your information, right? And it's like, but this is why we're successful mm. with even some of the hardest dogs yeah. out there because you might look at it and be like, damn, you guys are like sticklers. It's like, right. damn right we are. Not just sticklers, like but all it, the little stuff. It might seem like a correction fest, but keep in mind. We're, we're talking to him most of the time, though, like at communication levels. Right. We're not just like, no, no, right. no, no. Like, but, you see all the different modalities we use the e-collar in. It's like, yeah, sometimes it's right. going to suck. You blow up recall, it's going to suck. It should suck. But, like, when we're quietly having a conversation, oh, he's loading on someone. Knock it off. Yep. It's like, it's just incredible what you can do with all the different, um, again, the different modalities yeah. of the e-collar. But, I think a lot of people look at it as just this punishment device. Right. and It's, it's like, just, yeah. uh, it's so good for state of mind. Yeah. Yep. Next um, let's see. Kara said, what's the best way to get a dog to stop giving random behaviors and being super anxious, whiny when you're working with food? It's like, it drives my dog insane. If I try to work my dog around her daily meal, should I just have her wait for her food and feed instead of asking for commands? Yes. Yeah. It's literally just it's, it's stop training with food. If you're okay, let me, let me take a step back. If your dog absolutely positively knows these commands. Okay. Stop training with food. Now, on another step, because so does food help or hurt? Does physical touch help or hurt? Do toys help or hurt? You always have to determine, am I helping my dog or hurting my dog? Not just on the obedience, but the dog's state of mind. Second of all, if your dog, if you tell your dog to, say, sit, and it's so aroused that it downs, that, that, and if it knows what down is and it knows what sit is, you can correct the dog for not listening. That's how you get a trained dog. You correct the dog for not doing a known command. Now all it's doing is just offering commands because it wants food. So there's two things you can do. Take away food, work on your obedience more, and if you want to, bring back food as a distraction. As a distraction. And now will your dog do well for food? But in the big picture, you're not going to be using food. I remember somebody asked, um, Kate was uh, at the cafe underneath the the counter, um, I mean, the, your chairs, and it was, it was a reasonable question, like, when, when, when do you reward the dog? And it's like, you don't. Mm-mm. Like, you don't reward. So, Cade is trained. He knows how to do a downstay. We're way past that Court, now. Courtney, and, and, which we was trained with food to do it, um, we train all dogs with food, if they will take food, to do obedience. That's how we, that's how we train. Um, and then, what's the reward? You get to go to an outdoor cafe with with Courtney and, and Joelle and hang out and you get to be with your people. Like that's the reward. Also, what's the, what's the other reward? Not being corrected. Like that's, that's also 
a reward. You'll see, like I, did, I just put up a couple of videos, I think yesterday, I'm working on a couple more right now. The progression of Cade with like the squirrels at the park, that was like his thing because until we got him over that, his owner's like, I can't take him anywhere. Mm. Like there's wildlife everywhere here. Like there's mm. squirrels everywhere in Florida. Mm. His world was very small. Was so incredibly small. Mm. And the fact that like we're me and Courtney are just watching him at the park and we're like, holy shit, like mm. this is kind of the first time he's ever gotten to like be a dog. Right. Like, he's sniffing, he's exploring, he's recalling, he's like He's just being a dog. Mm. He's not triggering on every little thing. He's very... I consider him a neutral dog at this point. I don't worry. I'm not like, oh, is Kate going to like go after that person? Mm. Or, mm. Go? He's very neutral. I hope not because he's on the um, long line. Yeah. yeah, we've never given that freedom, obviously. <laughs> yep. Like, we have that trust now, but it's just... It's good to watch... It's good to watch him actually, like, have that now. There's an interesting video that you showed me today, two separate videos, and this is just shows that when we ever, because he's, he is a trained sport dog. So say he's in a down and you walk away from him and you recall him, he comes flying to you and he literally is fronts like really hard into you. So there's that one video right there because mm -hmm. that's because he's trained to do that. He's a yeah, sport dog. It's a routine. It's a, it's a routine. It's a, it's a, like, I know when I'm in a down, yep. I'm going to get recalled. Yep. It's, a, it's a choreographed routine. Yes. And but say he's free, mm -hmm. meaning he's just sniffing around. His recall looks nothing like that. It's casual. casual, and we want it to be a little bit quicker. But but it's it's casual, and just goes to show that like just because a dog is really good in one modality, that doesn't mean they're good in another modality. And also, what is never addressed is the dog's state of mind. So never. so that's what this course really really is, is for the dog's state of mind. So if you got a dog that's well trained. And it still has a messed up state of mind, which most dogs do that we meet. This is a great course for you. Next. Julie said, start a calm on command today. Use double down settle in the car kennel instead of just an auto down before Good the release. Good. Made a big difference in setting the tone one step sooner. Day one. Nice. That's awesome. So you can also, so Julie, do it with practice door opening, door closing, door opening, door closing. And then also if your windows are not too tinted and you can see inside the car, if you see that your dog is not in a down and your the door's not even open yet, you can correct for that as well. So your dog has to understand that you can see it at all times, basically. But, but say you open up the car door and your dog sits up, that's a correctable offense. And if anyone thinks that this is a stickler for things, this that concept can dr dramatically change your life with your dog. Dramatically change your life with your dog. And it's unspoken, by the way. So we get these dogs that um, we train every dog that comes, comes into our world that if they're in the car, and we don't create dogs in the car, but if you want to, that's your own personal choice. Um, they're in the back seat of the SUV, the way back of the SUV. And we get to, say, Home Depot because we're about to go into Home Depot. And if the dog is sitting up, it feels a tap on the remote. It goes into a down. Now, keep in mind the dog's been trained to do this. But we don't say we don't say no. We don't say down. We don't talk to the dog. It just learns how to do it by default. That's the goal. We're trying to teach this dog a bunch of default commands. Open up the hatchback. Um, dog doesn't move. Bingo. Walk away from the car. Dog doesn't move. Walk back to the car. Dog doesn't move. Pick up the leash. Dog doesn't move. Because any of those things would be an infraction. Because we didn't tell the dog either to recall. We break that all down on the course. And we didn't tell the dog. To, I'm just telling them, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, for folks that might not want to get the course. Next. Um, let's see. Sam says, I'm thinking of offering to train Javier Millet's five dogs, the new president in Argentina, LOL. His partner didn't attend his inauguration yesterday because they couldn't leave the dogs alone. 
each of the five dogs have their own bedroom because they fight and they can't have any guests in their house. But I'm guessing they would not allow a trainer to apply a punisher. Well, never know. You never know. It's pretty sad that the leader of your country, well, I shouldn't be talking, the leader of our country can't control his yeah. dog either. Yeah. But five to five dogs, and they're all fighting, and they have five bedrooms. Well, you can stay out of it, which is what I would do. <laughs> but, you know. I mean, hey, if you want to do if it. you want to do it, yeah. Um, Sally says, I'm just starting off-leash program with six-month-old American bully puppy. Awesome. We have mini educator, e-collar, but no prong. Is it possible to just train with e-collar? Oh, gotcha. Or do you think prong collar work first is best? Um, well, we, we, we do train with leash work. So it doesn't have to, have to be a prong. We do but train with, work. we train with leash work first. And then we layer the, the, the remote over it. But it depends on your teaching skills, but, but you can absolutely, and it also depends on the dog. You can absolutely go right to remotes. Yeah. You know, you can go right to remote, but it's, it's, it's not the way. The, it's easier when the dog understands leash pressure. Exactly. Parts. Right. Cause there's going to be pressure used. Just remember the remote is pressure on pressure off similar to a leash being pressure on pressure off. We even have a bunch of dogs that will come in that have never felt pressure. So there was always food luring and I'm not against food luring, but you tell them to down, they fly to a down, tell them to down with a little bit of leash pressure. They do crocodile rolls. They don't understand it. They don't understand that conversation. They just don't understand that conversation. Next. George said, thanks, Jeff. My daughter is 20, and she was just opening a drawer, oh, not looking towards the dog. Got it. So she's not a child child. But maybe I can teach her how to apply a punisher. She's 20 years old. She absolutely can fully train that dog. So I would absolutely tell your daughter, who possibly might be soft, um, I don't know, she can have a bonker and no, and then bonk the dog. Look at it this way. Just think think about this philosophy. Your daughter's 20 years old. She's a grown adult. Who the hell does this dog think it is putting his or her mouth on your daughter or any other human being? Who do they think they are? Have that attitude. It's like, geez, you're right. How dare you do that? So people will say, oh, that's puppy behavior. No, that's unacceptable behavior. Because it doesn't get better, it gets worse. So once you start instilling an inhibitor into the dog, no, correct. Every single person, not every single person, but a large majority of the population out there is like, it'll make it worse. Really, I've never seen it become worse. All I've ever seen is the behavior goes away. It's all I've ever seen. Next. Kara said, should I not feed her when she's in that mode? Should I put her away when she acts that way around her food? Well. Well, you can teach a dog how to be calm during the preparation and then the, 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 the actual feeding of the food, and that's done through corrections. But this concept of waiting the dog to be calm around food time, the dog might, like, who has time for that? Who has time for that? And I'm not saying we should be lazy dog trainers, but we can easily stop that with a firm leash pop. It's like cut the shit. Like if your dog has never had a cut the shit moment for over arousal, now's a good time to start. Next. George said is 16 weeks too soon to introduce e-collar? Um, depends what you're using it for. We, we, at 16 weeks, you can absolutely start obedience training a dog, but I wouldn't use it for any harsh corrections at all. Next. Um, Constance said, I do have a question about Cade. I noticed when he's working, walking, 
His head tends to point up and left. Is that a side effect from his competition training? So Cade is definitely struggling to get out of, he's had almost three years. Always wants to offer a focused heal. Of like, competition healing. And that's all the training he ever got. He didn't get family pet dog training. No, he's only sport life. He only known sport life. And then the owners. That's why we actually, I don't know what video you're on, but we put the head harness on him, like the head halter. Right. Because he was always going, and we're like, no, keep your head down. Right. Like, like right. you don't need to do that right now. Yeah. And, the, and the owners moved from another country here, totally different lifestyle. Um, you know, people's lives change with work and whatever. And um, so now he's in the U.S. He was from another country, and he's not doing bite work right now, which is fine. Um, there's other outlets that a dog, you know, Malinois can do. But he's so conditioned to just go into work mode. And for a while, like in the beginning, we're not seeing it so much now. Like you'll see it as the course progresses. Anytime he felt stim in the beginning, it was boom, focus heal. Like right. he That's was conditioned that trained. the collar meant get into a focus heal, right. go to a foos, basically. So he was trained um, that the key collar activates the dog, which is which is what you do in the sport world. We're trying to get the e collar to in in almost all the situations to de-escalate the dog, to de-arouse the dog to get the dog to be calmer. So the dog is learning two different languages, but since you spent three years learning it to be like, okay, it's time for me to go to work. Thanks for blowing the whistle, even though we're not using a whistle. It's like, great, got it, yeah. ready to go, ready to go. Like, and, he, and he loves it. He loves it. He can walk, do a focused heel till the sun, you know, he the sun goes it. down, yeah. He like, we call it his marching. He does. He literally pops his chest yeah, up and just starts like marching. Yeah, it's like, like it's, a okay. it's a classic competition focused heel. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so many people would be like, well, why don't you just let him do it? It's like, because it, it's not good for his state of mind. It's not good for his state of mind. When he starts walking like that. He's like, I'm, I'm about to like bite something. Right. Like I'm just holding back all my impulses. But it's not just for the state of mind. Talk to a, talk to a, um, an animal chiropractor. It's also not good for their neck. Yeah. And it's also not good for the dog's overall, you know, family life. And also, you can't do it for three miles. No, it's, like, it's, not, it's not made for the, the dog will get injured. The dog will injure itself. Next. Um, Constance said it's almost like he trots to the left. Yes. I also just learned the difference in a lazy sit versus a competition sit. I just thought sit was sit. The way he tucks his leg in to sit is very clean and pretty. It's also a mouse, so everything he does everything like, is looks right. pretty good. So that's another thing. It's like I see a lot of um, ads out there. Um, like with... I think I put a video up of you working him just in the very beginning just to show. It's like he knows his obedience, and it's very flashy. He can right. go from a down to a sit, down to sit, recall. You can spin him into a heel. It's like, wow, it's so flashy. Right. But meanwhile, he can't walk past a dog without exploding. Right. Like, well, now we can. But, yeah, now. but but I'm just saying, though, getting a, getting a male to do flashy stuff, and that's why, you know, buyer beware. You know, and this is no indication of any dog trainer at all out there. It's not an indication. It's not an attack. I just want the public to be aware. When you see a training course or a training video, and this is not because we sell courses. I've been talking about this forever, even before we did courses. With a Malinois is the demo dog. You have to say to yourself, so my nervous, fearful, shutdown dog that's not genetically designed to do all this flashy stuff is going to all of a sudden look like that. And they're not. They're not going to look like that. They're not going to end up doing a focus heel. Now, you can teach a focus heel to all breeds of dogs. You can give me a drivey dog. You can do it. But for your average family pet dog, they just want their dog to walk on a leash. They just want their dog to stop pulling. They just want their dog to, and here's a great example. Cade knows a focused heel, but he's still dog reactive. 
So right. teaching a better heel doesn't stop dog reactivity. Technically, he already knows the best version of right. the heel. Right, yes. Because his eye, because if you think about it, most dogs that are healing, they're not looking at their owner. They're looking straight ahead or their, eye, or their eyes are wandering. Here's a dog that literally is focused on his owner, but he can still be leash reactive to something off to his left. Next. That's exactly what he does. Mm. <laughs> Like, oh, look at you. <laughs> explode, right? Oh, my God, Kate. Um, Yankee woman, Kim. Holy Wow, shit. we haven't heard from Hello, Kim. Hello, guys. New sense. Hey. Hey, how are you? Um, Avi said, Freya will automatically go into a heel if she gets a harsh correction. Is that because her original trainer is sport, sport world oriented? Maybe. You're also, it's, it's, it could be just the default the default um most dogs will pick a default behavior right, after a correction. Right. Like most dogs will be like, okay, fine, I'll go lay down. Yep. Or I'll go to place. But yep. it just depends. And it also because a lot of times also people call their dog into a heel to stop them from doing something. So mm -hmm. in other words, um, most people will a lot of families do tell their dog to sit to stop an unwanted behavior, which I'm like highly against it's like stop telling your dog to sit to stop you know, counter surfing or getting in the trash, you know, it's like, correct, correct them from that behavior. But a lot of times, you know, for all we know, he was called back into a heel. Say he's like, I don't know, sniffing at something or getting into, you know, getting into the trash or picking up a blanket or doing some nonsense, stupid thing. Kate does that all the time. It might be like, he might, they might've said just no and then heal. Kate does that yeah. all the time yeah. in the course. You'll see like, if he doesn't recall off a squirrel perfectly, we'll give him a correction and then he'll come flying back and go right into a foose. And we actually correct him for that. We're like, because then he's in a foose and he's like, can't wait to go chase that right, squirrel again. Right. And we're like, no, you're supposed to front on the recall. So yeah. like, we're really like getting on him for these little things. It's like, I don't want you to go into a foose because you're just locked and loaded waiting right. to chase that squirrel again. It's like you front, you right. look at me, and then I will release you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's all those little things, but that's definitely his default. Little things stacked that was up. His default mm. for a while. If he felt it, Sam, he'd just go right into a heel. And if the owners ever want to do sport again, he'll still have it. That's another thing that needs to be yeah, discussed. Is like German goes to, like the dog's not going to lose its sportiness. It just won't. Number one, it's a Malinois, but number two, it's it's not uh -huh. going to lose its sportiness. It just has to learn how to be a family pet as well. Next. Uh, GB Buck says, hey guys, some of my clients have multiple dogs. I currently charge for a max of two hours. So we'll work with all the dogs in the home. Mm -hmm. How would you handle it? You can charge more per dog. I mean, usually when you have multiple dogs, you, you your, your vet your vet is more money. Your vet visits are more money. Your vaccinations are more money. Your food is more money. Your If you take them to daycare, it's more money. If you take them to boarding, it's more money. But it's, you know, sometimes with boarding, it's not twice. It's it's once and a half. You know what I mean? So you can always just be like, oh, you have a second dog. It's this much more. You have a third dog. It's this much more. Because you're not going to make as much progress. You're not going to make as much progress when you've got to split your time up um, like that. So um, also make sure you've got really good homework assignments for your for your clients to work on while you're gone because they've also got multiple dogs now. They've got multiple dogs, obviously, that they've got to work with. Next. Um, that's it right now. That's all we have? Yeah. Oh, it's 7.48. So let's, let me just show everybody um, the... Uh, this is Sally Canine Academy, SallyCanineAcademy.com. Right there, it says, click here to make um, your dog come on command. So this is the come on command course right here. It's it's up, but it's not finished. So meaning, Joel's been just dripping out courses. I think there's about 11 or 12 out there now, but there'll eventually be about 20 different um, videos. And there's so much involved with it. There's so many little 
tidbits of information. This is like this is basically a troubleshooting course. So there's so much, um, so much involved with that. So much involved. Yeah. Okay, okay. And that's pre-sale. It's going to go up like ten bucks a week until um, beginning of the year, where it probably will double in price. Alrighty. Anything else? No. Rumble's good. Instagram's good. Mm-hmm. Okay, nice. Well, um, really appreciate everybody. Um, everyone's been so um, active in the community. You've been active on Instagram, yeah. Facebook. I um, really, really appreciate all of you. Um, uh, you know, liking our videos, commenting our videos, sharing our videos. A lot of people are sharing our content now. So that's much, much appreciated because that's how we grow and, and, and that's how more people get help. Um, right now, um, social media is free. So, the, but the more people that see our social media, the more people we can help. Um, there's a huge issue right now with dogs and owners just struggling. They're struggling more than they ever have. I've been doing this for a long time. I've never seen so many people struggle um, and so many dogs struggling. So getting the right information into the, into the owner's hands is very, very important. And I've also never seen so much misinformation. Um, well, how about everything? But in the dog training industry, there's just so much misinformation of so, so many ridiculous things. Um, or it might work with... There's a big difference between me giving out advice with my own personal dog that I've owned for years and me giving out advice on how to rehab a dog that doesn't belong to me. And I, and I think that's, that's important. So when you're getting advice and people always love to say, well, with my dogs, I'm like, good for you. Well, my dogs don't sleep in a crate. My dogs can walk off leash 99% of the time. They're off leash dogs. You know, my, big deal. They're my dogs. I would hope so. I've built a relationship of years with my dog. Or mm -hmm. even if I own my dog for six months, I see it every day and I work with it every day. So when you talk to a trainer, though, that's rehabbed someone else's dog, you don't have time for that. That's why this conversation about build a relationship first. I'm like, the dog's trying to bite me in the face. Mm. At what point can I tell the dog no in an effective way? Do I have to wait till there's a relationship? So do I have to wait till a relationship with, with a dog before I do any obedience training or stopping any want to behavior? Or the second I have that dog with a leash in my hands, can I start working the dog? And that's what it is. It's, it's the latter. So if a dog comes into our boarding train facility, what do you think we do on day one? We work the dog. We do leadership skills. We do kennel drills. We do threshold drills. We do spatial awareness drills. I think when people hear the term relationship, though, for whatever reason, their mind goes to hugs and cuddles, hugs, cuddles, play, right. lots of whatever bond building. Meanwhile, the relationship is built through the work, through the work. Yeah. Like that's, that's, but I don't know why, like when people talk, oh, relationship based built, uh, training, like we could say that too. Oh, we use relationship based training. If we really wanted to say that. Well, we do because we build relationships we with the dogs. With but it's dogs. a different type of relationship. So that's why I'm pretty outspoken about like, you can't wait till, first of all, we've had dogs for six weeks that we've built no relationship with. It just does what we tell it to do. Now, does that mean we're too harsh? No, it means the dog freaking doesn't give a shit about building a relationship with you. Folks yeah. have to understand that. There's so many, there's so many different types of dogs out there and that we work with dogs that most people don't come across. And that doesn't mean just aggressive. That just means out to lunch. Like yeah. there's a lot of dogs out there that are just like, I really don't give a shit what you have to teach me, what you use for a reward, what you use for a punisher. I don't care. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to learn. And yeah. 
these are dogs that are just like, they're just like that. And they're very, very challenging dogs out there. Very challenging dogs. Definitely. Um, Joyful Canines, a tip of the day, dog or otherwise? Tip, tip, tip of the day? I would say um, trust the process. I'll tell you, me and Courtney have repeated that to ourselves many a time over the last four weeks with mm. Cade. We're like, damn, mm. it's a difficult-ass dog. And then we're like, holy shit, he's having a breakthrough. <laughs> It just took a while. We mm. definitely second guess ourselves sometimes, but it's working mm. out. Like we had a session with his owners yesterday and he did really, mm. really well. Um, so yeah, I would say trust the process. It's not like most, you know, most dogs catch on quick, but there's dogs that it's just like, it takes a while. That's just the way mm. it is. It's not going to be overnight success. It rarely ever yeah. is. Mm, my tip of the day, nurture relationships. Next okay. Time. Um, let's see. Yankee Woman Kim said, Hey guys, I meant new scene. Oh, yes. Our oh, background. the background. Yeah. yeah. You've been on here in a while. Yeah, it's been a while. I hope things are going well. What can you do when a dog bops you in the butt and in the front? Pushy, pushy. They're, they're pushy. A couple of things you can do. You can use a, you can actually use um, a bonker. You can use your body, use your, use your, your legs, your hands. You can use a stockyard whip or, a, um, you know, those little mini, um, whips. You can do that. Just, you know, give the dog a quick whack. Um, this is where, like, what? You hit the dog? It's like, you've got a dog, like, let's just use an example of, like, a 60, 70, 80-pound dog, and it has no spatial awareness. And it, it, like, first of all, I should have saved this video. There was a video of a guy being dragged out of his front door um, down some steps, on, and, he, and he crashed on the concrete, and the dog actually took off. And it's like, he got injured. Yeah, and he was just coming out of his front door of his house. Yeah. So he wasn't he wasn't even on a walk yet. He was coming out of his front door of his house. It's like, like a dog jumping on you, bopping you, whatever, that could knock over somebody. It could absolutely knock over a child, but it can knock over the elderly. Mm -hmm. And just talk to anyone that works in any ER and ask them about non-bite dog-related injuries to people. And you'll hear everything. People are breaking their hips, dislocating their shoulders. They're breaking their wrists. They're breaking their arms. There's all kinds. They're straight. They're getting concussions. There's all kinds of injuries a dog can do. So for anybody to say, "Oh, don't take a little, you know, stockyard whip and whip my dog in the ass if it, if it," and by the way, this is not how we train obedience. People have to understand there's a big difference between obedience and stopping unwanted behavior. It's like, oh my god, that's terrible. I'm like, really? You had to do something one time to stop an, an absolutely pain in the ass, dangerous behavior, and it's not cute. Oh, my dog wants to be pet. That's even worse. Now you have a demanding dog, mm -hmm. but your dog could actually harm somebody. Your dog could actually harm somebody. Yeah, and then you suck the lawsuit. Right. That's fun. I mean, then you have a dog that does that to somebody's face, a child's face, that it's the same height. Mm -hmm. I mean, like there's no, we have to think a little bit in advance, and we also have to realize the amount of harm that a dog can do, and it's got nothing to do with biting, but then we also have to realize that like, why are we being so so soft with our dogs when we want to give them information and that doesn't mean you're beating your dog this is what gets kind of, out of taken out of context it's like people see a dog on a treadmill and they're like dog abuse and i'm like oh my god and i'm like yeah. are you serious you, do you really think a dog walking on a treadmill is abusive first of all do you even know the definition of abusive right. like, do you really think that's abusive really interesting or a dog walking on a, on, a, on, a, on a slap mill is even worse, mm -hmm. which are, by the way, are slap mills and carpet mills. Feel free to look them up. They're self-propelled treadmills, and dogs go full blast. But if they don't want to go full blast, they just stop. 
Like they just, all they have to do is stop. Yep. Like abuse. It's like, really? So letting a dog run as fast as it can is abusive? Wow. I didn't realize that. Under its own power. Not being like the motor's not going 10 miles an hour. The dog might be going 10 miles an hour, but it's doing it out of its own power. I'm just so surprised that people like to throw, they like to throw the abuse, just like microaggression bullshit. You know what I mean? And it's like, they like to throw the the abuse card out so randomly. For everything. For everything. And they actually don't know what abuse is. Mm -hmm. They don't know what abuse is. Like, like, be really careful about how you use that, especially in a world of domestic violence, especially in a world with um, massive bullying going on, and especially with a, in a world, world where p- people and animals are getting abused, true abuse. But, you know, having a dog walk on a treadmill or having a dog do a two-hour downstay while you're working from your computer at home, like, that's that's abuse? Really? Yeah. Dog would be sleeping anyway. Yep. Um, oh, Jeannie's on. Hey, Jeannie. She says, sounds like Bruno. <laughs> hey, Jeannie, how are you? We'll see you soon. I love Bruno, though. He's mm, such a good boy. Yes. Um, Sam said, thanks for sharing your wisdom. You guys are the best. There's no one else out there in all of the internet that does what you guys do. It's priceless. Hmm. Oh, thank well, you. Thank you so much for the kind words. It's really nice. There's a lot of good dog trainers out there, though. Just yeah. just to put it out there, there's a, like, there's a lot of really good dog trainers out there. Mm-hmm. Constance said, just going to say the community has been awesome. I've learned how to make my own dog treats. I've helped and been helped with training scenarios and I'm learning from others' experiences and I've made friends. Awesome. That's, you sort of summed it all up right there. The community is great. It really is. We've we've been wanting to do this for a long, long time. Yeah. Um, I have some content coming too. I'm just slammed with editing. Don't worry, guys. I'll still get some videos out for you. Um. Julie said, thank you so much for the feedback. Unspoken, settle in the car. I literally just tapped Lexi up to 38 with the kennel door open. She mm-hmm. kept popping up. Mm-hmm. Love you guys so much. Yeah, and don't worry about the number either. Just pay attention to the dog and see what works and what doesn't work. That's it. Let the dog be the teacher. Yep. Thanks. Avi said, Freya loves the treadmill. Yeah, yeah. most dogs most, do. Most dogs do. Kate loves it. I've met, um, I've met a couple of dogs over 20 years. Yeah, that don't. That don't, but, but I've also worked with so many dogs that they didn't like going in the pool, they fought like hell, and they didn't like going on the treadmill, they fought like hell, that within a couple of sessions, they love it. Like, we have dogs that run. At the training center up in Rhode Island when we were there, we had six treadmills. The dogs would run when the treadmill was off. They'd run to the treadmill, sit on it, and look at you. Uh-huh. And we had one. We, we had one dog that was in our in our daily daycare. The dog did over two hours a day of treadmill work with no leash. With no leash. No. No leash. Dog could have ju- dog could have jumped off at any time, and it it wanted to do it. Like you would stop it, it would still sit there and look at you. Mm-hmm. Or he'd like demand bark. Yes. Like yeah. really. Yeah. Yeah. So and he was a working dog from South America, brought up brought up here. He was a border collie actually, but a, yeah. one of those huge ones, huge. Three times the size of your regular border collie. Um, intense dog. But he loved, loved, loved the treadmill. People have to realize that most dogs, like, yes, they sleep a lot, but they also migrate a lot. And they, like, go great distances if they're allowed to. And then if you get a working dog, like, say, a perimeter protection dog um, or a livestock guardian dog, these dogs, like, are always on the move. Mm-hmm. Are always on the move. They're athletes. They're athletes. Next um, let's see. Leslie said my pit mix was found. 
abandoned in a basement with eight pups, seven deceased at approximately 11 months old. Do you think emotional trauma could cause her major clinginess to me? No. No, I don't. First of all, who's going to determine if there's emotional trauma, number one? Who's going to determine that? Now, is that the best life, the best start for a dog? No, it's not. Is that any better than being uh, born in an animal shelter and not being adopted till you're two or one? It's almost the same thing. I'm sorry. I'm not going to compare an animal shelter to a dark basement with a bunch of dead dogs. I won't do that. But what I will say is that much better with no, no, no real-world stimulation at all. You're living in a cement jail cell, pretty much. You're not probably most likely not getting many walks, if any. You're probably not getting any free roaming time at all. You can never run full blast. Now, some shelters have got walkers. Some shelters have play yards. I won't discount that, but a lot of them don't. So the reason why your dog is clinging to you, because you have not told it not to cling to you. So we have dogs that come from the best breeders. Owners got them at eight weeks old. They were not found in a basement and they're clingy. So it's not a backstory. So what I would what I would do is drop the backstory. Never repeat it again. Never repeat that backstory again. And just train your dog. So train your dog. So you can start out with obedience work, place command. If a dog's lying down in place, it can't be clinging to you. Also, you can teach the out command, which sends your dog away from you. So we've seen many, many, many dogs like the dog you have. And we don't know their backstory, nor do we want to know their backstory because it's, it is irrelevant. And we stop them from being clingy dogs. We actually get them to be more confident dogs. We get them to be more confident dogs. So your dog could be either insecure, could it, but it also can be pushy. It doesn't matter. You, tra- you still train the dog up. That's another thing. It's like people put all these titles on dogs. It's like, okay, great. When does the training begin? Let's go. Let's go. Next. It's 802. It's 802. Awesome. Um, thank you so much for a fantastic show, everybody. Hope everyone does great. Thank you, Joelle, um, for taking the time out of your work day, which you'll still be doing after this. And yeah. I hope everyone has a fantastic day. And I'll see everybody in the community tomorrow morning. Love you all. Bye bye. Good night.